Guys, it's the summer, so what do we do in the summer? We get active, right? So right now, in a, in a, in a like kind of like a, in an active kind of moment, I want everyone to like switch seats with someone else that they've never known before, right? So Marco, don't sit next to Jason. Man, you know, the cousins over here, sit next to someone you don't know. Sit, sit next to someone you don't know, right? Switch it up, switch it up. All right, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Find a seat, find a seat. RJ, you know Brandon. I want to challenge you guys on the left. Sit, sit, sit next to sit. You don't know Jay, really, Trayvon? Yeah, you don't. You're good, you're good. All right, Bree, you can sit right over there next to Alyssa. Okay, guys, all right, all right, all right. So just want to do that. You know, it's the summer. Let's switch things up a little bit, right? So today, right, we're going to be starting our brand new sermon series about fatherlessness, right? It's a serious issue. It's, a, it's an epidemic, right? It's a, it's a thing that's pretty much just destroying our families in America and around the world. So we're going to start talking about it because guess what? Even though it's an issue, it's a problem. Fatherliness is a problem, but the gospel is the answer, right? And before we get into that, I want to invite my main man, TJ, over here. TJ, boy, to the max. Let's go. He's going to give a testimony. Okay, awesome. So... just want to say this is a privilege to be up here to talk about, you know, how awesome God is and how God has been the, the father to me, uh, how God has been the, the father to me, uh, even though I never had a father. Uh, when I was growing up, I never had a dad. I never grew up with a dad. I never met my dad or anything. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I never met my dad. I never, you know, got to play catch with my dad. And I never got to, uh, you know, got to play sports with my dad, you know. Uh, and I, I guess a lot... I, who uh, who's here you know, has their dad in their life? Raise your hand. Yeah. Who here doesn't have their dad in their life? Raise your hand. Wow, see, that is uh, it's crazy. It's a big number. Um, wow, amen. And so, exactly how you guys grew up, and you know, exactly how I grew up. I never grew up with my dad. I never met my dad. I never got to play catch with my dad. I never got to play soccer. You know, I never got to, uh, you know, build stuff with my dad. And when I was growing up, that made me really uh, angry. That made me really sad. That made me, made me really uh, a- uh, mad, you know what I mean? Uh, because I never got to have that personal relationship with my dad. I never got to uh, know him on a personal level. I never got to interact with him. I never got to uh, have a meal with my dad. I never got to, you know, chill with my dad. And it made me really sad. It made me really angry. I, it made me, uh, it just made me uh, angry all the time. And so when I was growing up, I remember this kid <laughs> telling me, uh, you know, we were in school, as when we were little kids, uh, I was like maybe in sixth grade, seventh grade, and this kid was tell, uh, was making fun of me because I didn't have a dad in my life, and he called me a bastard, and he called me a bastard child because I didn't have a ch- uh, dad in my life because I didn't get to raise up, uh, get raised up with a parent and everything, and you know he got to uh, have his dad in his life, uh, you know it, <laughs> it hurts, uh, uh, and and everything like that, and. Uh, 
But, you know, and then I went home, and my, I talked to my mom about it, and my mom never really told me anything about my dad. She, you know, always kept it in secret. She always kept it in, in hiding. Like, she never wanted to tell me anything. She was like, oh, you know, what? Why do you want to know about your dad? You know, uh, you just want to get money from him or anything like that or, you know, or any, anything like that. And it's just really hard because I didn't even know anything about him. I, had a, I didn't have a personal relationship with him. Um, and so growing up, I always put these uh, certain people in my life uh, to fulfill that father, uh, father figure in, in my life. Uh, I always put these people in my life. Uh, I remember growing up, I put these uh, gay, gay couple up. In my life, they're both gay, they're uh, both uh, homosexual, and everything like that. And I, I, I looked up to them because you know they, they're the one who hanged out with me. They're the one who, uh, you know, play catch with me. They're the one who play soccer with me. They're the one who uh, got to, uh, you know, chill with me and everything like that. I, 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 I not idolized them, but I was like, always with them. I was always hanging out with them because. No, not having a father in my life, not having a father. I put these people as my father. I put these people as my uh, example. I put these people as my, uh, yeah, yeah, example in my life. Uh, but, of course, they never got to fulfill that father. Uh, uh, never got to fulfill that uh, being a father. They never got to be my, uh, my father because you know, it never got birth to me or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, and, and the thing is, they got to, you know, they moved afterwards, you know, I never got to see them afterwards, you know, and, you know, that relationship just, you know, pretty much was gone, you know what I mean? And so growing up, you know, just all these things happening, you know, me getting in fights with my mom, me and my mom not having the best relationship, me and my mom not having the, the, the best uh, income coming in because, you know what I mean, I, I have that father figure in my life to teach me these things, not having this father figure to bring money home, to bring, to bring home the bacon or anything like that. And so it was really hard, um, you know, as a child. And so growing up, uh, I remember growing up, uh, going to high school and everything. And, and when, I, when I was in high school, you know, a lot of things happened. I think, I think Stephanie knows, Steph knows me when I was in high school. I know a couple other people uh, knows me when I was in high school. And so going to high school, you know, I, when my freshman and sophomore year happened, you know, I, I got into, you know, fights, I smoked weed, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I you know, talked to talk to girls, you know, I did all these, uh, you know, things that were nonsense, you know what I mean? I did all these, you know, stupid decisions, you know, I got into a fight, I broke the wall in my house, uh, me and my mom got in arguments and got, uh, you know, uh, got into disagreements, and she put me into a mental hospital, and just because of all this, you know, because of not having a father in my life, it, it made me go even worse. It made me even get more angry, like, man, you don't want to be in my life, so, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be this kind of person. I'm just going to be this, you know, this stereotype of uh, a normal black African-American kid who, you know, lives on the streets and smokes weed every single day and wants to be a game maker. You know what I mean? That's, that's how I'm going to be because I didn't have that father figure in my life, so I just wanted to be that kind of person. You know what I mean? I was like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? I'm going to probably get shot up or killed or I'm probably going to be locked up by I'm like 20 years old because of, you know, just not having you know, that father figure in my life and trying to teach me how to, you know, live right, to live holy, to, to live pure, to live righteous. And so going all into high school, that was my mindset. Uh, going all into high school, that was how I was. Uh, going all into high school, that's how, you know, I was uh, living, you know, living my life. I was just, you know, living like that. And so when, uh, but, 
you know, praise the Lord God, you know, he saved me. Uh, and so when I got saved, when I gave my life to Jesus, see, everything changed, you know what I mean? God became the father to the, to the fathers in my life. You know what I mean? God, he, he, he taught me so many great things, how to live holy, how to live pure, how to live righteous, how to not to, not to, not to sin, not to lust at the girls, but to, to worship him and please him, to, to give him honor, to give him glory. God taught me how to do these other things. You know what I mean? God, God taught me how to you know, apologize to my mom. I remember one time um, as a Christian, I got angry. I got angry with my mom. I remember just, you know, uh, I didn't curse her out, praise the Lord, but, you know, I did all these other things. I, I just started screaming at her. I was like, man, you are you, you, you goofy. <laughs> you, you acting goofy. And I used to say that word a lot more. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, man, I called her goofy. I was screaming and everything. And I just remember going to my room. And I re- remember reading Ephesians, like, 6, 1. And he's like, obey your parents. And I'm like, Lord, like, okay, I guess what you, that's what you're trying to say <laughs> right now. And it's like, oh. And I, I was like, Lord, what should I do right now? He's like, you should go apologize to your mom for acting a fool right now. And I'm just like, Lord, do I need to do this right now? He's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, ah. And I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. You know what I mean? And I, I went to my mom and I humbled myself and I was like, mom, I am very, very sorry. And she was like, son, I love you, but you can't be acting goofy. And I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, mom. And she's like, I accept your apology, though. And after that, you know what I mean? We, you know, sometimes we get into arguments and everything, but better now. I, I have a better relationship with my mom now than I was in the world. I have a better relationship with my friends now than when I was in the world smoking weed. I have a better relationship now with God than I was in the world. And it's because God became the fatherless to me. God became my heavenly father to me. He taught me how to be disciplined, how to live holy, how to live pure, how to live righteous, not to live in sin anymore, not to live like the world does, but live like Christ. And so I'm telling you guys, some of you guys don't have fathers in your house. I mean, many of you just raised your hands about how uh, you guys don't have your fathers in your lives and everything. I'm telling you, God is the father to the fatherless. God is the father to the fatherless. I can just preach on that. God is the father to the fatherless. You know what I mean? He's the one who can teach you how to live holy. He is the one who can teach you how to live pure. God, he is the one who can teach you how to discipline yourself, not to do stupid things anymore. I'm telling you, that's, that's who God is. God is the father to the fatherless. And he took a kid who did, not, who did not deserve anything, me, who did not deserve anything, who was wretched, who was a sinner, who was blaspheming his name, and he took him, that kid, and he, now he preaches the gospel. Now this kid tells the word of God. Now this kid loves Jesus. Now this kid's telling you guys about God's love and mercy and grace because of what God did in my life. You know what I mean? Because it was by the grace of the living God I'm here today. I could be shot up. I could be six feet under. But it's by the grace of the living God that I'm here today. It's by the grace of the living God I'm here today. I'm telling you guys, God is the father to the fatherless. Give your life to Jesus. If, if you don't have your dad in your life, you know, you know, just depend on God. Trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. So, yeah. Man, good testimony, bro. Wow, that was, that was amazing. And, and that's like really emotional things. Like a lot of people will probably think, oh man, you know, cool, you know, you just ignore it. But that dude was bearing his heart out. You know, he went through that. And I'm pretty sure some of you guys could probably like, you know, 
understand what he's going through. I know, uh, I know a few people in here, a few leaders that are actually going to give more testimonies week after week about how, you know, they grew up without a father. You, you think maybe us leaders, you know, we were born saved. Maybe Lawrence, maybe Lawrence, you know. But, <laughs> you know, we were born loving Jesus, you know, and we're just like these, you know, like we're just a bunch of, what's uh, Homer Simpson's neighbor, Flander? We're just a bunch of Flanders. What? What is it? Ned, like we're a bunch of Ned Flanders, you know what I'm saying? We got our... You know, sometimes I tuck in my shirt, you know, when I'm serious, but no, I'm joking. But no, for real, we, us leaders, we have been through a lot of what you've been through, and we wanted to share that this month regarding uh, fatherlessness. So before I start the word, I just want to say a word of prayer. Everybody can bow their heads. (sighs) Heavenly Father, Abba, Lord, you are the greatest friend we could ever have. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. God, we... You are not just uh, just a, a distant God who could care less about us and, 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 and just tells us what to do, God. But you are a merciful Father who not only loves your children, but you are willing, God, to send your own son, your only son, to die for us, Lord, as enemies so that we could become children. Lord, your, your message, your gospel, Lord, I pray, God, that it would sink in our hearts, Lord, that we would understand that you love us, God. You care for us. You are our defender, that you are not some kind of deadbeat father. You are not just some kind of father who sees us on the weekends, on Sunday or on Friday, but you're a father who is there for us at all times, at all moments, So I pray, Lord, that, God, you would turn enemies, your enemies, into children. You would turn sinners into saints, God, that miracles would happen starting with the souls of each individual here, Lord. In Jesus' name, have your way with this message. Have your way with our hearts. Amen. Amen. So real quick, I just want you guys to understand this, that fatherlessness is an issue, that it is a product of sin, that it should not be repeated, okay, because we see that a lot. A lot of people, they grew up with our fathers. Now they themselves are being deadbeat fathers. One example is pretty popular right now. Drake just got destroyed in a rap, in a, in a disc contest, basically. Pusha T, OG, he's a good, he was a good rapper. I used to listen to him. He destroyed Drake, and then he called him out on some stuff that people didn't know. He's a deadbeat dad, right? And he almost paid his, and this is what he said, right? I don't want to state it as truth. This, will push it, this is what's uh, the news, that he tried to pay the woman to have an abortion. But this man just, ha- he, he talks about having a father that wasn't in his life. So this is a cycle that should not be repeated. And listen, even if you are going through it, God works it out. This is meant not to make you guys feel like, man, you're less than, but this is to help you guys find peace in the heavenly father and break this cycle that is destroying this country. So fatherlessness is an issue. I'll give you guys some facts. Children in father-absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. In 2011, 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty compared to 44% of children in mother-only families. That's that's about uh, 32%. That's a big percentage right there. Children living in female-headed homes... Uh, headed families with no spouse present had a poverty rate of 47.6%, over four times the rate in a married couple family. So you guys getting the picture here, a lot of single mother families, they are poor. They are living on welfare. 
they really don't have much to give their children. And a lot of us, uh, uh, it's a little bit my story. I don't want to really share much on it because it's not the most important thing. It's the gospel. I grew up with my mom. She was single. She had dialysis and she was going to school, uh, going to DeVry University. She was the first person to go to college in our family. My mom was the strongest woman I ever knew, right? But listen, she needed a husband. She needed a man. She ended up marrying my dad. So she needed to, she needed a person. Listen, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not of like, oh man, you're strong enough to be a independent woman. You know what I'm saying? Like I always see on the, on the, on the shows, like I'm just an independent black woman or I'm an independent Puerto Rican woman, you know? And like, I grew up saying that. So I thought that's how it was, you know, man, my mom, she's cool enough. She could be single. It'd be decent, you know? But no, that's not the case. Uh, as you see in the facts, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services states fatherless children are not a dramatically, uh, they have a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. Children of single parent homes are more than twice, more than twice as likely to commit suicide. So we see these facts uh, and they're affecting many people. And we wonder, where is God in this? You know, why is it that my dad left me? Why is it that at, before I, why is it that my dad doesn't even come to see me? Why is it that my dad has other kids with other women and he spends more time with them? Why is that? Why did my God, and we look at our moms, we're like, man, mom, you're so great. Why did dad leave you? And we have these questions. God, why did you allow my father to abandon me at a young age? But this is the reason, because fatherlessness is rooted in sin. Okay, we've talked about sin. We've talked about it. It is missing the mark, failing to miss God's standard. It is the opposite of God, God's design. So fatherlessness is rooted in sin. Give you an example, right? Fatherlessness starts with lust. Okay, your your dad's with your mom. He sees another woman. He sees her. He wants her. He cheats on your mom. Sin. God did not intend that to happen. Covet, coveting, right? Covetousness, right? That is basically wanting something that you don't have. Again, wants something, wants another woman, wants a greater woman than your mom. So instead of, instead of talking out with your mom, being content with what God has given him, he instead cheats on her. Fear. He has a woman. He has a child. He doesn't know what to do with that child, so he dips. We know we have cousins like this. We have brothers like this. This is not even new. Person, a young man afraid to raise a child, he's like, listen, you better have an abortion. Selfish ambition. You got too much going on in your life. You don't want a girl and her kid to hold you down. This is stuff we see. This is something that is affecting you. The Bible calls fatherlessness injustice. It is not just. It is wrong. It is basically abusing someone who is less powerful than you, right? So when the dad of, of, uh, of a child that can't even speak yet leaves the kid, he is committing an injustice in the eyes of God. But then I want you to bring you to this. It's, not only, it's, it's, it's more specific than sin. It's a, it's a specific type of sin. Right? There's two types of sins that lead to, covetous, uh, to, to fatherlessness. And it is divorce. And this is a big word, right? This is a big word. This is one of those words when I first got saved, I'm like, what the heck is this? Cohabitation. Right? Everybody say cohabitation. Y'all say it sounded a little dead. Well, it is a dead thing, right? 
Cohabitation is when a man and a woman are living together and they're not married. Okay? How many people in here know someone like that? Right? Yeah, I know lots of people like that. My dad and my mom, they live together, right? Because of, of fear, right? Of, of marriage about six, five years without being married. So they finally repented and got married. Cohabitation is a sin and divorce is a sin. If you can go to Malachi 2.17. Does anybody have uh, come from any divorced families? If you don't want to raise your hand, go ahead. If you, you come from a divorced family. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But yes, divorce is a reason for fatherlessness, and so is cohabitation. Real quick, about divorce. Has not, one, uh, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. Remember that. What does the one God seek? So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be un, unfaithful. So, dude, divorce is not normal. Like, dude, there's literally shows right now where you can get married for a day and then divorce the person. Did you know that? That's how our country treats marriage. But God says divorce is basically violence against the person you've been called and made to protect. So if your father, if a father has committed divorce, not only has he done what I said, lust, lust you know, coveting, fear, selfish ambition, injustice, he's actually done violence towards the mother and the child. You have to understand that. So divorce is wrong. If you think divorce is okay, I'm just going to get married and I'm going to get divorced if it doesn't work out. No, marriage is the most important thing God has ever ordained in man, mankind. It's the first thing he did with man. It was the first thing he did. I don't know if you guys ever read Genesis, but we're going through Genesis in our life group, right, Jay? Shook his head, yes. That's a, that's a nod, yes. We're going through Genesis, and we found out about Adam and Eve. God told them to be fruitful and multiply, but he said he made Adam for Eve. Before Adam, before Adam had Eve, he said it wasn't good for man to be alone, so he created Eve for Adam and Adam for Eve. They were meant to be for each other. So now let's say, you know, Adam, man, all of a sudden, you know, like, I'm not even going to go there. Never mind, because it would be kind of weird. Let's, <laughs> not even going to go there. Some of you already know where I'm going to go. So, Adam was meant for Eve. Adam did not just all of a sudden get up and straight and be like, well, Eve, you know, you messed up with the serpent. I'm going to have to ditch you because you, you you're a dumb female. You know what I'm saying? No, right? And Eve didn't say, man, you ain't manly enough. I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to leave you, right? No, God made them for each other to Make godly offspring, right? So divorce is violence against the one you should protect. It's violence. A lot of, a lot of women, right, they want someone to protect them, right? And some of them are like, nah, I can protect myself. I got my Glock, my 9. You don't even know. I'm strapped, yo. Some of us got gangster moms like that. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that, right? But still, right, man was made to protect woman. 
to be the head of the household, as we're going to talk about a little bit. I don't want to get too much into it. But cohabitation, right? Everybody remember cohabitation? It is a sin. Some of you guys have the order all wrong. Some of you guys are like, man, I'm going to find a girl in high school. She got to be bad. I'm going to get at her. We're going to get it on. We'll have a kid. Maybe we'll move in together. And if she's the right one, we'll get married. Y'all got the order all screwed up. Y'all got the order all screwed up. See, God intended for you to first know someone in friendship and then get to know them as a pursuing thing. Like to pursue someone is to want to desire them in marriage, right? To desire them in marriage. So, so I don't know if you guys have ever read the Bible about there's this man, you know, he works seven years in order to gain favor for this one girl because he wants to marry her. Some of y'all guys settle for just a girl who comes with the easiest pickup line. Like the easiest pickup line, she's already on top of you. Y'all settle for that. This guy knew this girl had value, worked seven years for her. Listen, woman, right? You guys will settle for just the dude who's light-skinned, right? Come on now. He's light-skinned. He's tall. Man, dude, he's a star on the basketball team. Man, sure, you know, he, he talks to every one of your friends, right? Sure, he's just like that. And the minute, he, the minute he, he just looks at you, he gives you a little smile. You're like, dang, all of a sudden you can't walk no more, right? And then all of a sudden, because of, this, all, because of this desire, you're confused. The man's like, man, she's bad. That's all I need to know. And she can talk about rap music. Like, listen, all, my, all the guys in high school, if a girl liked rap music and she was, she, was, she was Puerto Rican, that was it. You know what I'm saying? That was it. The dude wanted to, to do stuff, right? So listen. The order is all mixed up. We have to first understand why God made marriage. We have to understand that, and we have to get to know this person. Then we pursue this person. We marry them. Then we have sex, right? It's all right. It's not a bad word. Sex. That's what it is about. It's not about saying, listen, let's move in together. I have a cousin who's doing that. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Never. I'm not going to do that because if she's watching this, she'll be mad. So almost five years living together, five years, ask them about marriage. Nah, you know, I don't know about it yet. But yet you've already lived with this person. Heck, you're probably sharing a toothbrush with this person. This is sin. This is sin. God did not intend it to do this. But get this, all the fatherlessness issues that are intentional, right, not by death, not by death or, or like maybe, you know, something else that was out of control. All the fatherlessness issues begin with these two things, divorce and cohabitation. Living with someone that is not your husband or wife. Having sex with someone that is not your husband or wife. Why do you think people get abortions? Why do you think they get abortions? They have sex with someone that they're not married to. They're not ready for the commitment to have a kid. They're not ready to be married. So guess what? They kill a baby instead. Listen, and this is messing up our generation, right? Everybody's not talking about marriage. They're just talking about to get with someone, man. She just looks fine, so I'm going to get with her. They don't think about the consequences. If you have a kid, are you ready to raise a kid? You ask someone, hey, man, do you think everyone should have sex? They'll say, yeah, heck yeah, man, everybody should get it on. You think everybody should be a father? Silence. You're not ready for the commitment. You're just ready to take down your pants. You're, a, you're, you're an ignorant fool. 
That is the problem of fatherlessness. And here, some of you guys are laughing. Some of you guys may think this is funny, but your daddy did that to you. Your daddy just saw your mom as a piece of meat, got with her, said, I don't care about you, kid. You're not much. Now your mom's jumping from dad to dad to dad to dad. Now you got 10 daddies. That's the truth because that's how my grandma was. Don't mean to put a boil on blast, but that's how she was. I don't even know. My uncle don't know her dad, his dad. My mom didn't know her dad. Dude, my, 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 the oldest uncle that I have didn't know his dad. Like six dads. You got more dads than you have fingers on a hand. But this is the problem with this country. Everybody wants the pleasure, but they don't want the commitment. And that's the problem. That's where it starts. It starts with sin. It starts with thinking that this is normal. But God sees this as violence. God sees this as sin. Can you go to Matthew 19, 4 through 5? Everybody has their own idea, you know, of, man, you know, how they should get at a girl, how they should get at a guy, and, and they never consider what God thinks. They never consider what God intended, and yet they wonder why they're stuck in this situation. They wonder why they don't know their dad, and they're falling into the same cycle. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. Everybody say that. And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Ha- All right. That's it? Is that five? Yeah, that's five. Okay. This is Jesus speaking, right? Most of us will say Jesus speaks the truth. Well, this is what he designed marriage. This is marriage. In the beginning, the creator made them male and female. Not male and male, female and female, male plus two females. Come on, now. Some of you guys got some sick fantasies you got to repent of. Not female and then leave leave the other male and then get it with another female. No, male and female. And for this reason, a man leaves his father and his mother, right? So he leaves the household of his youth, and then he's united with his wife. That's marriage. He's united with his wife. That's a holy thing. That is God. That is created by God. And then the two will become one flesh. I don't need to paint a picture for that, okay? They become one. There's a reason why it works like that. God created it to be like that. But yet this is, the, this is what the world wants you to think. Haven't you read that at the 20th century, the president said, male, female, male, male, it don't really matter. For this reason, can't assume your gender. You got to leave your house, get with someone, spend some time with them, and if you kind of want to get married, you can. That's what the world wants you to think now. But yet, as we see, single moms, right? The result of, of doing that, you got a bunch of single moms. You got a bunch of runaway dads just having kids. Dwight Howard, anybody know Dwight Howard? Used to be one of my favorite centers. He got seven kids. From different women. This dude don't care, bro. He got money. He's like, I'm going to pay some child support. Some of y'all be like, savage, man. He's raw. But then until you're that kid, right? And, and I always thought that was funny because the kids that said savage, they're going through the same thing. They're the ones that ain't got no dad. It's because people like him. So this leads me to ask you this. Why should this be normal? Why is it that when, I, when TJ asked you guys, if you don't have a father in your life, most of y'all raised your hand? Why? Why does it have to be normal? 
Why do you have to grow up without a father? Why do you have to grow up not knowing how to change a light bulb, not knowing how to, how to work with your hands? Why do you have to learn how to be a man from your drug uncle? Right? Everybody got a crazy uncle that tries to be your dad? Yeah. Why do we have to have that? Why can't we have our dad? Why is it normal? And it's, that's the crazy thing, right? That we've understood it is normal. Fatherlessness is actually super common. It is common. We're seeing how wrong it is and how God designed it to be, but yet we see that it is normal in this society. Fatherlessness is unsurprisingly common. Some more facts for you guys. Sorry, you know, I know this ain't school, so I'll go through it quick. An estimated 24.7 million children live absent of their biological father. 24.7 million children. That's 36.3%, and it's probably grown since then. There are almost 17 million children living with their single mothers. About 40% of children who live in fatherless households haven't seen their fathers in at least a year, while 50% of children who don't live with their fathers have stepped foot into their father's homes. One out of every six children is a stepchild. Divorce, cohabitation, sin, sin, all of it. I remember when I found out at 18 that my biological dad was not my dad, my biological. Well, my dad that I'm living with is not my biological dad. I freaked out. I heard the story. kind of made me laugh a little bit because I was past it. But, dude, you know, my, my mom and, and this dude, you know, they got together. They did it wrong. They sinned. I came out of that, you know. Glory to God, a life comes out of sin, which is crazy. I don't know how God allows it. But... Right? My biological dad, he dips. He's gone because of religious reasons. He was Muslim, if you guys are wondering. That's why I look like this sometimes. So he dips, right? But then two years later, he comes to visit me. And, you know, he tries to pick me up. You know, I don't know if y'all ever seen that video where he's like, I'm here to pick up my kid. You know, he comes in, he picks him up, and then all of a sudden he dips. That's exactly what he did, you know? I didn't like him, so at two years old already. But that's what happened. He dips. And this is the story of so many people. The dad is not even absent in their life. He's more like just a money donor. You know, he's like, more like an extra bank. He just donates money. There's no responsibility. And we see that everywhere. It's reflective. Look at your school. I want you, not I don't want you guys to do this, but I want maybe if you have a friend that is a single mother, right, in high school, Ask her if she knows her dad. Ask her if she knows her dad. Ask her. If you know someone who is basically dropping out of school, just doing drugs, you look at him, you're like, what a bum. Before you say that, ask him if he knows his dad. So many of our problems come from not knowing our dad. Depression. Remember we were just talking about, dude, twice, two times, all right, twice the, uh, get my words together, two times the amount of kids, right, that have parents in their lives, right, the single, the single parent kids, they commit suicide double the rate of a kid with two parents, depression, anxiety, worries, your worth, some ladies don't know their self-worth, they look at themselves and like, dang, I'm, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm that, man, dude, no one's gonna love me, because they don't have a father in their life, that's literally the reason, 
The father is supposed to help the daughter understand her identity, understand who she is. He's supposed to tell her she's beautiful. He's supposed to tell her, listen, you're worth more than that guy. You're worth more than that guy who's 27 and you're 18 and he's just getting at high school kids. You're worth more than that guy. You're worth more than the guy who just abuses you and uses you for sex. Your body is a temple. Your body is a prize. Your body should be cherished, not demolished by a bunch of guys. The father says that. Because when the single mother is too busy working three jobs, no one's there to raise a kid. This is the truth. God did not intend it to be like this, though. This was not a part of, in the beginning, the creator made them female and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father to be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This was not that plan. Matter of fact, it was supposed to look something like this. Ephesians 5, 21 to 28, please. This is what fathers were intended to be like. This is what a family was supposed to be like. When I first came to this church, man, I was used to this. Dad and mom always arguing, always bickering with each other. It didn't seem like they loved each other. As a kid, at five to six years old, I thought my, fa- my parents were going to get a divorce any moment. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence, out of respect for Christ. Submit means to listen, to listen and to obey. Listen and obey one another out of respect for Christ. Wives, submit, to your own, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as the Christ is the head of the church, his body, continue, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Cleansing her by washing with the word, through, washing her with the word, that means encouraging her with the scripture, encouraging her. You're made in the image of God. Listen, your value doesn't come from having as many kids as you can. You know, your value doesn't come from the job. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is what a husband is supposed to do to a wife and to present her to himself, to, uh, present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, getting each other's back when it comes to following Jesus. In the same way, husbands out to love their wives as their own bodies. Stick right there. Husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. Continue. He who loves his wife loves himself. I want you guys to understand this. Did you hear the word father in there? Not really. What did you hear? Husbands. And you didn't hear, what did you, you didn't hear mother in there. What did you hear? Not baby mama. Not girl. Not old girl. Not side chick, not this girl, not my ex-girl, right? No, you heard wife. You heard wife. You didn't hear baby daddy. You didn't hear the plug. You didn't hear, you know, uh, man, I don't know what they have other words for that, like pimp or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Lawrence has a story about that. No, you heard, you heard husband and you heard wife. This is as concrete as it can get. This is as concrete as it can get. A husband, not a baby daddy, not a baby mama, no, a husband and a wife, they are to love God and to submit to each other. 
And they are to love, love God, but the husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Guys, you need to listen to me. Because a lot of you guys, you guys are any girl, any girl, and you don't love her at all. And you're in disobedience with God. You are in sin with God if you are abusing relationships with girls, if you are lying to women, if you are saying to this girl, giving her false promises just to have sex with her. You are in disobedience with God's original plan. You are following the cycle of your dad. You are just like your father. Just like your father, who is just like his father, Satan. Because this, this is all what the devil wants. He wants you to stop listening to this plan. If you ladies cannot find a man that is willing to love you like Christ loved the church, then he's not a man for you. Because what did Christ do for the church? Everyone tell me. He died for it. He gave himself up. But yet, man, you... Man, do a guy, he won't dirty his J's to help you. He won't dirty his J's to help you. He got more selfies of himself than he got pictures of you. He's more in vain with himself than he is with you. He's more in love with himself than he is in with you. But he's supposed to love you like he loves his body. He who loves himself, he loves his wife, loves himself. Can you go to Ephesians 6.1? I want you guys to understand that because when you guys graduate... You have opportunities now to have a wife or to have a husband or you want to just sin and, and, and go into cohabitation. That's your choice. I've given you the truth. Fathers, do not exasperate or exhaust your children, but instead bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. TJ was saying he didn't have his dad there to play catch with him, to teach him stuff. He didn't have his dad there to teach him how to be a man. He didn't have a dad there. But yet that's exactly what fathers are supposed to do. They're supposed to raise you up, teach you how to be a woman, teach you how to be a man. They're supposed to instruct you in how to live Jesus. You were never meant to do it alone. God intended for you to be with a father who loved you, who taught you, who raised you up. Not to be with just a mom and then, and then a stepdad after stepdad. Don't blame God for this. Blame sin. Blame the enemy. Blame anyone but God because God has given us a strict plan. So, husbands, not just fathers, right? They're called husbands and wives. They are to love God, submit to one another. And they are to, wife is supposed to respect the husband as, as the church respects Christ. The husband is supposed to love the wife as, as Christ loved the church. And they are to raise their children up in the Lord gently. So this is what... Because a lot of you guys already raised your hand. There's nothing you can do. Like, I'm telling you this right now. You can pray. You can ask God. Maybe bring your father back into life and repent. Be saved. So you can have your dad in your life. But you cannot control the guy. You can't. So it's better to forgive him. Forgive the fatherless issue that you have. Forgive him. Trust God with it. And understand this. Go to Psalm 68, verse 5. Understand this verse, and we sang it, it. they made it a, a song. Sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. That means he's pretty dope, he's riding the clouds, he's epic, dude, he's awesome, glorious. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. Pretty awesome, you know, God is powerful, cool, he's, he's just like that guy I thought about. 
But then it gets really, really near to home. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And uh, could you find the next verse in a little bit? Not, not, go to 68. Don't go to it yet, but find it, the next verse after this. But real quick, God is this awesome God, right? Everybody knows. I remember we used to sing when I was little, God is an awesome God. He right? You know, you know that stuff. Oh, you know that. She knows. She knows. She dances because she knows. You be able to. Kayla knows it because we used to go to the same church when I was five, and she had just been born. She was like two when we stopped to go to the same church. Cool fact. But, you know, we sing about how awesome God is. We know he's powerful. We know that he's able to raise the dead. We know that he is glorious. We know that, man, he is, he is literally the creator. Man, he, bro- he breathed life into existence. But yet right here, it's making him so close. He is a father to the fatherless. This is who he is. He is not too busy for you. He is not too, he's not too cool for you. He doesn't, it's not like he has problems finding time for you. No, but actually it says in the Bible he's near the brokenhearted, that he wants to comfort you. He wants to grab you and hug you and let you feel his love. I remember I was dealing with the loss of my mother. I held it in for so long, and yet I asked God, because I, I, was, I was struggling with it, I asked God, like, how much do you love me? And I felt it. I felt the closeness of God as if he was hugging me. You see, God works out everything for the good of those who love him. Not because he has to, because he desires to. He desires to be your father Listen, all you who raised your hand, it was a lot of you. There is a father in heaven that is greater than any earthly father you could ever have. Matter of fact, he is so great, right? He is so great that in his holy dwelling, this is who he is. We think that in heaven, God just judges us. But in heaven, God is a father. God is a father. This is insane. Because, dude, our dads, right? are ashamed of us at times. Some of us here are, 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 you know, our sperm donor of a dad. His friends don't even know you guys exist. He doesn't talk about you. He's ashamed of you. He's guilty for his mistakes. But yeah, here's God, a father to the fatherless. You see, all the issues that you're going through because of not having a, a father... God now not only takes the place of that, but he gives you more than he could ever give you, more than an earthly father could ever give you. Like the story with TJ, yelled at his mom, got angry, sinned against God. So God gently told him, you need to apologize. Not a dad, not anyone from this earth told him to do that, but it was God who told him to do that. A father to the fatherless TJ in the back. You see... Can we go to the next verse? He's a defender of the widows. He loves the single mothers. Amen. He loves them. He doesn't see them as worthless, as stupid kids who made a mistake. But you know what? He defends them. That's what the Bible said. He defends them and he loves them. And this is what he does for those of us. Because of this, we feel so lonely. We try to find acceptance in all these places. And it never falls short, just like my man trying to find a father and the, and the kind gay couple. 
right? Even though they were in sin, God used them. God used them to, to, to have someone there, right? He was lonely. And some of us are lonely. We want something, we, so we try to find it. A lot of girls that don't have dads, they're the, they're, they're the girls that you make fun of for being too friendly, sleeping with a bunch of guys. A lot of guys that you think, man, they're stupid. They don't know anything. Man, they're always trying to flirt with every girl. Man, like he's a dog. You don't understand. That guy grew up without a father to teach him to respect women. So what does God do? He sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. God sets the lonely, the fatherless, the widows. He sets them in families. So listen, if you're listening to me right now and you have no father... God wants to be your father. He wants you so bad. You know, how, you know how bad he wants to be your father? Guess what? He sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to resurrect, so that if you believe in Jesus, you actually become a child of God. That's how bad he wanted you to be a child. He doesn't want you to remain an orphan any longer. He doesn't want you to remain in this depression, depressive state, this state of, man, I got to fulfill myself this way because I, I know I'm trash. I, I'm garbage. I'm this. I'm that. God is going to speak truth over you. He's going to raise you up, woman. Raise you up just like how God intended you to be without your sperm donor of a father. And then guess what he's going to do? He's going to help you find a husband, right? If you get married, help you find a husband. Then you can have a children. You can, ba- you can have children and break the cycle. Men. You don't have to be like your father. You can learn what it is like to be a father by God himself. And then you can raise up a family. You see, because all these statistics, you know what they're saying? They're saying, listen, all you guys who raised your hand, you're going to commit suicide. You're going to get addicted to drugs. You're going to be poor. You're going to be depressed. You're, gonna, you're just going to be lost in the world. But you know what God is saying? I am a father to you. I am a father to you. That is the truth. That is the truth. So what can we do? Because this is, this is, this is what's happening right now. You are, you are obviously hearing this. You're hearing what it is to be a family. But then you're faced with options once you leave. Am I going to continue in the cycle that my mother is, who, who can't keep a man in her life and, and doesn't know Jesus? Am I going to keep in the, the order of my, of my father who is going from woman to woman. I haven't seen him in months. Because you know how he started? You know how she started? Just like you. Getting at random females, getting at random guys, seeking sex, seeking pleasure. Then all of a sudden, out of pleasure came life. And now they got to deal with this life, and they're stressed out, and they're, anxi- they're anxious, and they're looking at this man who's barely over 18 to help her out. And then he dips on her, and now he's alone, left with a child. She's alone left with a child, and he's gone doing the same thing over and over. Let's break the cycle. If we go back to that last verse, this is how we break the cycle. This is how we break the cycle, ladies and gentlemen. Women and men of God, we must not be rebellious. We must submit to God as a father. Some of you don't know what it is like to submit to authority. Y'all are too busy listening. To, well, I used to listen to NWA. But you all too listening, listening to that kind of information. Like, forget the cops. Forget this. Yes, there's wrong authority. Yes, fathers sometimes. Some of you do have fathers. Sometimes he abuses his children. That's where the God, the Father, the God, the God, the Father, fatherless people, he teaches you how not to be like that. 
So if you do have a father, you have been abused, therefore you don't want to listen to people, God is there for you. He is not there to abuse you. He is not there to use you. He is there to love you and teach you how to live. But we must submit to him. We must be obedient. We must listen to him. We must receive his love. We must receive his discipline, which we're going to talk about later in the sermon series. We must obey him. He must actually be like a father. Because I'm telling you right now, some of you ladies, some of you gentlemen, if God was your actual father, right, and you're not a child of the devil, he'd be convicting you on the pictures you take on Facebook, showing everything, everything, showing everything, everything. It's no longer a prize. It's no longer, it's no longer, well, not a prize, but it's no longer something to be worked for. You know, women, you're not a prize, but you're worth more than a prize. That's what it needs to be understood. But you're showing already. You're showing everything. And then men, you're ready to love a girl you just met. Man, some of you guys, you guys are like, I'm in love. You just met the girl two weeks ago. And then the next girl, I'm in love. You just met the girl yesterday. God, if God was your actual father, he would be leading you. He would be showing you what to do, what not to do, who, who do what type of person to be interested in, what type of person not to be interested in. That's what he would be doing. So fatherlessness, if we can all stand, please. And I know this wasn't the most, it was like a, you're learning a lot more than you are, like, like in excitement or whatever. But this is important, guys, because our families in this country are being destroyed. Your families are being destroyed. And you don't even know it, dude. This is the plot of the enemy. This is the plot of the devil. There is someone who seeks, who wants to seek, kill, and destroy you and your family. And, and do he's, he wants it to be a cycle. Do you know why minorities face this issue the most? Because of slavery. They would separate the father from the, 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 they would separate the father from the wife, and they would probably kill off the father, and they would, they would actually have sex with a slave woman. So she, would, she was forced to be a single mother. And that is what Satan is doing to you. He takes you into slavery of sin. So now you're addicted to pleasure. So now, dude, you're just having babies by kids that you don't even know the father. But God can change this. God can be your father. And, and dude, he can save your mother, save your father. He restores marriages. He restores relationships. But listen, we have to be first his child. And this is what I want you guys to understand. People who are not born again will not have God as their father. God, our father, our heavenly father, he will only be your heavenly father if you are born again, born of God. You cannot be born of this world, born into sin, yet claim God to be your father because you are still enslaved. You're still enslaved, just like what I told you about. Back in the day, they enslaved them. They forced it on them. Satan is doing that to America right now. So this is what I want to um, I want to give to you guys, right? Those of you who are not born again, right? Even if you do have a father, you are missing out on the greatest friend, the greatest father you could ever have, you could ever think of. Going through high school, I went through depression. I've stated this before, anxiety. The loss of my mother had hurt me so much, and I kept trying to hold it in. 
And, and my dad was hurt by it as well. And I was looking for someone strong to support me. But he was hurt. And I had no one really to lean on. So for years as a young man, I kept it in. Caused anger, caused depression. I didn't want to trust people. I didn't tell people how I was feeling. But after I was saved, father of the fatherless, right? He comforted me. I was able to lean on someone stronger than my problems, stronger than my depression, stronger than my worries, stronger than the sin that broke me. And this is the same with every one of you. Some of you may have known your father. Some of you may have never known your father. Some of you live with your father now, but I'm telling you, the father of the fatherless, the God of the lonely is ready to set you in a family. Not just with him as a father, but listen, I have brothers and sisters. I'm a, I came from an only child family. So I look at Jojo, that's my little brother right there. I look at TJ, that's my brother. I look at Lawrence, that's my brother. I have a family. I have a family. He sets the lonely in families. And I'm telling you, I'm urging you, repent, be born again. And for those that are born again but have not quite understood God as their father, I also want to encourage you in this time, right, to understand the relationship you have with our Heavenly Father. Listen, when Jesus was praying, if we could play a little bit lower, when Jesus was praying, this is what he told his disciples. He didn't say, oh, God, Father God. You know, we always say Father God so much, you know. Oh, glorious God of creation. No, Jesus said, our Heavenly Father, our Father in heaven, right, our Father. That is the first thing Jesus said to greet God as. But some of you guys don't have an intimate relationship with God. It's a religious thing. You're just doing things because you feel like you have to. You've been born into this religion. Your parents kind of forced it on you. So you do not know God as a father. I want you to come up and receive prayer. If I can have my altar workers, please. So if we can bow our heads and close our eyes. Again, for those that are not born again, I'm please, I'm pleading with you. God desires to be your father. Receive prayer. Receive prayer. Come to these altars. Get alone with God. Repent of your sins. So in the other, the other group, those that are born again but don't really understand God as their father, come up, receive prayer. Understand now that God is a father first and foremost. That's how he intended it to be. So you guys can come up as I pray. But Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word, God, which gives us truth. God, it gives us the plan that you have for families. Lord, it gives us the intention you had from the beginning of time, not to have us be broken, to be stuck in this state of, in this cycle of being fatherless, God, but instead to have a father that, and a mother that is both set on fire for you, Jesus, that is both leaning after you, that is searching after you, God. So I pray, Lord, and I ask you, God, my Father, that you would speak to every individual in these seats, in this, by the altar, even the leaders, God. Those that are not born again, speak to everyone, Lord. Speak the truth of your fatherhood. That, Lord, you love them more than the things of this world, God. More than, more than the flowers, Lord, you care for us. More than the trees, you care for us. More than anything in this universe, this galaxy, you care for us. 
you desire to be our Father. I pray, Lord, that truth would be sung over them. That truth would be sung over them. That, Lord, you set the lonely in families for those that are lonely in here. God himself will do, do the rest. Just give it to him.